Welcome to the conversation at airsafe.com. I'm your host, Todd Curtis. On February 14th, 2016, a Virgin Atlantic A340 was struck by a laser shortly after takeoff from London's Heathrow Airport. The aircraft was able to safely return. The following day, on February 15th, I had an interview with Dale Goldhawk of Goldhawk Strikes Back on AM740 Zoomer Radio in Toronto, Canada. We discussed some of the issues around this event, as well as steps that could be taken to reduce the risk that lasers pose to aircraft. Now, on Zoomer Radio, Goldhawk Fights Back. Here is Dale Goldhawk. Well, good morning. Laser attacks on aircraft are increasing at what many are seeing as an alarming rate, both at uh, Pearson International uh, here uh, in Toronto and other major airports literally around the world. According to one recent report, it happened 173 times in Toronto in 2015, a sharp increase from 2014 when that number was 114. Also in 2015, Transport Canada reported 590 laser attacks clear across the country. Joining me on the line, Todd Curtis. He's a pilot, aviation expert, author, and creator of airsafe.com. Todd Curtis, welcome. Well, thanks for having me. Uh, your reaction to these increasing uh, numbers of laser attacks, I know that you've written and spoken about this many times. Well, yes, uh, this is a problem not just in Canada, but in the U.S. and the U.K. This is a worldwide problem, and it has been increasing, in part because there are very few rules with respect to purchasing and using lasers. And even your common laser that you can use for laser pointing in an office environment can be uh, dangerous when it's pointed at an aircraft, even if it's several miles away. Yeah, it's amazing. I don't think a lot of people appreciate the fact that even a little, well, those small ones are, what, one milliwatt in strength that they that that light can carry for many miles. It can, and even if it's not strong enough to injure a pilot's eyes, it could be very distracting, especially during the high workload times of flight uh, just after takeoff and just before landing. I noted uh, I was listening online to um, um, an interview you gave not that long ago, regarding uh, uh, a Virgin Air incident. And what struck me about it was that the laser attack happened at some 8,000 feet. I thought that was relatively high for somebody to be able to pinpoint an aircraft. Well, that just points out how capable lasers are these days. Even a relatively low-power, low-cost laser can be seen from several miles away. And in fact, from the FAA data, there have been laser reports uh, from aircraft at cruising altitudes, 20 and 30,000 feet above the ground. But those would be, I would assume, more powerful lasers. Is that what you're thinking? That was my thought. But the information that's available from the UK and the US authorities isn't uh, that detailed in most cases. That is, the few times they have some information about the type of laser used are the times when people have been arrested, which unfortunately is relatively rare. There are a lot of lasers pointed at the sky these days, some of them in, uh, in entertainment uh, venues, other for certain, others for certain advertising uh, purposes. Um, that's, uh, that'll be a growing hazard too, won't it, aside from these other unexplained and episodic uh, laser incidents? Well, it's a growing hazard, but the commercial use of lasers is a hazard that can actually be regulated rather well. Las Vegas, some years ago, 
some of the casinos were using lasers for entertainment purposes and attract attention to the casinos. That was very quickly uh, controlled by the FAA because of the effect on the nearby airports. But the part that's very hard to regulate is the part that's uncontrolled, which unfortunately is most laser use in the, in the country, both the U.S. and Canada. You, have you ever done any um, uh, research into why someone would take a laser and intentionally point it at an aircraft full of people? Well, the only detailed information I have on that are those few cases where people have been arrested. And there have been some cases in the U.S. in particular. I recall one gentleman who was uh, some kind of criminal who was pointing it at police helicopters who were, that were flying in his neighborhood, and he was put in prison for several years. And other cases where people have deliberately pointed lasers at aircraft where they have been arrested and charged, none of those have involved a terrorist, that is, someone who was deliberately trying to take the aircraft down for political reasons. Uh, most of the ones I've seen have either been petty criminals or basically uh, not very knowledgeable people who just didn't know what they were doing. I'm just trying to figure out what goes through the mind of a petty criminal that he thinks he should try to blind the eyes of a pilot in a crucial operation in an airliner. Well, this issue points to uh, what I think is a three-phase approach that should be taken to address this issue, not just in Canada but around the world. Uh, the first part being education. The fact that these lasers, even relatively small ones, can be quite dangerous, and pointing it at an aircraft for any reason is not something that should be done. Uh, the other is regulation, which I talked about briefly when it came to the commercial use of lasers, but perhaps regulation should be considered when it comes to the sale of lasers or putting some sort of limitation or some sort of licensing requirement for lasers of a certain power. And lastly, uh, incarceration uh, for those who either don't want to learn or don't want to listen to the regulation. Uh, there already is a, a system in place to put people in jail or prison, and perhaps that sort of thing, or heavy civil fines, should be enhanced to encourage people to get educated and follow the regulations. I did a quick Google search this morning uh, looking for lasers for sale uh, in the Toronto area, uh, some of them quite powerful in the 1 and 2 watt range, not 1 milliwatt, uh, you can simply go online and buy one. There's no control at all. Oh, that's correct. There's no control, and they've been produced commercially for decades. I remember when I was a college student in the late 1970s, uh, we had lasers in several of our laboratories, and uh, I was able to... Uh, uh, use them in a work context. And even during my freshman year, I distinctly remember walking around campus and I never found out who did it. A friend of mine were walking down the uh, sidewalk and there was a red laser dancing right in front of us. And we basically lowered our heads and ran to cover. But that just speaks to the kind of, uh, uh, how should I say it, ignorant behavior of some people who think it's fun to point uh, lasers at people. I was seeing it happen 30 plus years ago and it's still happening today. I, uh, we have been told in, in uh, the Toronto area as well, you can buy a laser that is powerful enough it could pop a balloon. Uh, that was the example used. Well, certainly if it can pop a balloon, it can do terrible damage to your eye. It could. And, and again, even if it's not something strong enough to cause physical injury to a pilot, what it can do much more easily than cause damage is to cause distraction. Uh, in a pilot, in a cockpit at night, let's say, your eyes are dark adapted. That is, in order to be able to see outside, the instrumentation lights are low, 
And it's the kind of environment where any kind of bright light, flashlight, flashbulb, a laser, could distract you by making it harder for you to see outside. Now, for a highly automated airliner, there are systems in place to uh, automate some or all of the landings. And also, your commercial airliners have two pilots. But for a private pilot, flying a visual uh, flight rules uh, flight, who's alone in the cockpit, who gets this laser flashed at him or her, could be in a very, very uh, serious situation if they become disoriented and lose their focus and lose their sense of where the horizon is, what's called situational awareness. I would think as well it would be pretty difficult to catch the people who are pointing lasers at aircraft. It can be quite difficult. In fact, most of the cases I've seen, all the cases where I've seen where there have been prosecutions, it was a situation where it was in a urbanized area, relatively close to either an area where activity was taking place with, with a lot of police activity, for example, the police helicopters, or a location close to a major airport. My guest on the line is Todd Curtis. He's a pilot and aviation expert and an author. We're talking about the increased incidence in many locations around the world of laser attacks on aircraft or for reasons uh, known a few times and unknown mainly. People are pointing uh, uh, laser beams at the, uh, at the cockpit of, uh, of aircraft. Let's take a couple of calls on this. Here's Camille in Scarborough. Camille, what are your thoughts? Hi. Well, I'm wondering if they're used, lasers are used for anything other than trying to blind pilots because I don't have any use for one as an ordinary person. And if not, and they're just recreation, then why not um, do what they do with drones and regulate them? What what about that thought, um, um, Todd Curtis? Well, that's an excellent idea, and it has to be a regulation that has to be agreed to not by any one country, but by a variety of countries, because as with many consumer products, uh, lasers are produced all over the world, and the countries that produce the lasers are selling them to any country that will allow them. There has to be some sort of understanding uh, by regulators and by the average person that if it's not necessary to use a laser, maybe one shouldn't buy it. Uh, if you're a parent, maybe it's a smart idea not to give even a, a toy that has a laser in it as a toy to a child. If you're running a business and you want to have a laser pointer, can you find something on the market that can give you a pointing capability that's not a laser? It doesn't have to be heavily regulated. There has to be some sense of uh, common sense about this. Well, that's the only thing I can recall ever using a laser for, and that's during a PowerPoint presentation to a, an audience. You point to some particular part on the picture up on the screen, and that's about it. You know, they're, they're, um, they're just learning now in the United States. They're banning microbeads because they're realizing it gets into our water system. And I saw that our government is having some kind of a, I don't know, collection of people to discuss the microbead problem. So all I'm saying is maybe just start somewhere and then little by little by little, it'll um, move itself around the world too. I mean, I totally agree with what the gentleman says, um, but I just guess you have to start somewhere. And whatever yeah. we did before we had the lasers, surely they can go back to that or invent something that wouldn't, uh, couldn't be used uh, to harm people. Camille, thanks uh, very much for your points. Uh, Todd Curtis, um, lasers do have industrial purposes and, in fact, are used by many industries, are they not? Absolutely. In fact, if you go into most grocery stores, you have scanning devices to scan the universal product code uh, that's based on a laser. 
Now, of course, that laser has a very specific function. It's housed on a device that's not something you can carry in your pocket easily. And that's, uh, going back to the, the caller's uh, question about regulating them like drones. Well, unlike drones, which do not have a pervasive use in industry and, and technology and science in the military, um, lasers have been around for decades. Lasers have been used in all sorts of places. So it's not as easy to turn back the clock and put some sort of limitation on it. Again, getting back to what I was saying earlier about regulation, it's not something that can be in just one country, nor can it be in one industry. Uh, the regulatory bodies for aviation and the regulatory bodies for industrial uses of technology and the regulatory bodies for uh, personal use of uh, consumer products, all those areas involve lasers. So if you're going to have any sort of regulatory control, there has to be some sort of concert, uh, some concerted action between these various bodies to make sure it's effective. You're a pilot, Todd Curtis. I mean, in your estimation, how possible is it for a laser attack on a cockpit to bring down that aircraft? That's still pretty, that, that's a pretty slim possibility, isn't it? Well, a laser powerful enough to cause physical damage to the aircraft and disrupt the systems or cause structural failure, that's something that's only been demonstrated and not very well by the military. But as far as having a laser that's powerful enough to cause distraction of a pilot, well, that technology has been around for a long time. That is, one can take any number of commercial lasers, and if you plan accordingly, can set oneself up to cause damage. This isn't something that's a secret. In fact, I recall one of the um, Tom Clancy novels some years back, where part of the subplot was uh, their operatives went over to Japan and shown a laser at a Japanese military aircraft and took it out of the sky because the pilots were temporarily blinded and they were unable to control the aircraft. Now, the bad actors out there in the world who wish to take down airliners for various reasons, uh, they read the same books, they watch the same movies, and they definitely read these same news reports. No doubt, uh, this sort of thought has been coursing through the minds of fill-in-the-blank with your various uh, non-state actors. Uh, has this been done already? Have some of these uh, attacks in Canada, or the U.S., or the U.K. actually been deliberate attempts to bring down an airliner? Again, it's unclear. Because in the vast majority of cases, the perpetrators are never identified. Well, and you've said everything but the word terrorists. Terrorists can certainly have this, think of this as one of um, several things they can put in their tool belt in order to create havoc and cause the death of many people. Absolutely. And again, it's only a question of uh, desire and imagination. The technology is certainly there. And the demonstration that this is possible is certainly there. Uh, this is not something that takes a uh, order of magnitude increase in technology or creativity. It's already happened in bits and pieces. It's just a questioning it all together and carrying out a plan. Here's Chuck on the line in Mississauga. Chuck, what are your thoughts on this? Well, I'm I, I, sorry I missed the beginning of the conversation, but I get the impression that uh, lasers are available in different uh, power strengths, uh, and if so, what I was wondering is, is the average laser that can be bought in the average store, would it be within the, the, the range to bring down aircraft? 
Uh, Todd Curtis, could you uh, emphasize that again? I mean, the laser doesn't have to be powerful, right? That's correct. The laser doesn't have to be powerful to bring down the aircraft. What it has to be is powerful enough to increase the risk of an accident. As I was uh, stating before, and for the benefit of the caller, uh, the example I put forth was you can have a situation where because of the bright laser light, the pilot is temporarily uh, incapacitated when it comes to seeing at night. Uh, the human eye takes a while to adapt to the dark. And if you're flying as a, a laser hits you or a bright light hits you, you're temporarily not blinded, let's say, but may not be able to see uh, buildings and trees and whatnot outside. So if you're close to landing and you have a laser temporarily disorient you and you don't have any automated systems to land the aircraft, you could be in a very dire situation very quickly. It may be a temporary situation, but if it happens at a critical phase of landing, it could lead to a crash. So the laser by itself can't take down the aircraft, but it could start a chain of events that could lead to a crash. No, no could, 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 could I ask if uh, the, the modern LED lights that we can buy in the form of a flashlight, would, would that have the intensity to blind a pilot? If the LED lights were powerful enough and if it were close enough to the, the pilot's eyes, it could have a similar effect. But that's where the technology of lasers has a great advantage over even LED lights. As bright as your, as your average LED light may be, you can't take a commercial off the shelf from your local hardware store or local uh, uh, hunting store LED light and shine it from several miles away and have the potential to distract the pilot. You can do that with a laser that you can walk in right now and buy off the shelf. Yeah. Chuck, thanks very much for your questions. One last thought, Todd Curtis. There have been some... Um, uh, there, there's been quite a uh, popular rage going on around Christmas time here in Toronto, and I know many other, probably in the U.S. as well. Laser lights that you can plant in your lawn as part of your Christmas decoration, and some of these have inadvertently been pointed towards the sky and created some uh, laser incidents just from people innocently trying to light their houses. Well, that speaks to what I was saying earlier about the regulatory bodies for uh, uh, consumer products and the regulatory bodies for aviation not being in concert with one another. If this were something where there was some kind of process where these devices, these Christmas decorations, would have to be approved by the civil aviation authorities before they could be sold to the general public, this wouldn't be happening. Uh, but I foresee that uh, this particular problem, which has gotten quite a bit of uh, media attention in the States as well, uh, might be uh, relatively quickly taken care of. The more pervasive problem, the millions of lasers that are already in existence out there in the world, uh, that's going to be a tougher nut to crack to try and either get them off the market or educate to the use of these so that they become less of a threat to aviation. Todd Curtis, thank you very much for your time and your expertise. I appreciate it. Well, I appreciate the opportunity. Bye for now. Todd Curtis is a pilot and aviation expert, an author and creator of the website airsafe.com. For more information on laser threats to aircraft, please visit lasers.airsafe.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.